so many people have asked me in the past, they're like, preacher, you've been singing like this for a lot of years. Do you, uh, what's it like to do that? And I got to tell you that I love to sing. Music is my passion. It's my heart. And, uh, but there will come a time when I want to retire. And, uh, but when you sing songs like that, I, I just want to have a holy fit because I'm, I'm just humbled in my spirit to think that I get the privilege. Listen, church, there will come a time and a day, and I believe that it's very, very close, that we may not have the privilege or the opportunity to sing how great is our God. And I believe that it's closer than many of us even realize. So with that being said, it, it, for me, it's, it's a time of prayer and worship. And, and it just it means a lot to me. But if God calls you, please let me know. And uh, I'll, I'll be happy to, to let you lead and help. And, uh, but, I, you know, we start off before the kids are dismissed to head down. Or I always say that. Head back. Head down to Children's Chapel. And uh, last week as I was thinking about our church service, I thought, oh, God, how special it must be. And I don't know if you guys did your Bible decree last week. But uh, in the middle of all the music and the worship and everything that was going on. But it's just something special near and dear to my heart. So if you have your Bible with you and uh, if you have your iPad, iPhone, whatever you got, bring up the Holy Bible app. That would be great. Here at our church, we use the Word of God, and uh, if you need a Bible, I know there's one located in your seat, but we say this decree together, so if you would, please, let's just hold it nice and high, proclaim the Word of God. This is my Bible, God's holy Word. I will make it a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. I will hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. Hallelujah, children. You are dismissed. If you would, please take your Bible and turn with me to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. And I think the pressure is on today. I've had a few people that have visited our church over the last few weeks said, we haven't heard the pastor and now I'm a nervous wreck. So let me have a moment of silence. And, uh, you know, it is funny because sometimes there is pressure, but... Um, before we do move forward, I just want to say that I'm very blessed to have my good friend Larry with us here today and, uh, his wife, please pray for his wife, Melissa. She's traveling. I had the great privilege and opportunity. There were members of new hope over on Riverside drive three years now. Praise the Lord brother. And, uh, she's heading down to West Virginia, right? So thank you for being with us. I also want to say that, uh, I just want to, let me just take a moment for Leo. Uh, his first wife is passing away of cancer. And uh, so tell me her first name again, Jennifer. And I just want to pray right now that God will bestow his peace in her life. And uh, that's the that's his children's mother. And uh, and so he, you know, can't get back to her. They're back in California. Is that correct, sir? Okay. so let's just have a word of prayer. Father God, we love you. And we thank you that today we can bow our head and our hearts. And Lord, we just think of this dear lady who is suffering, who's been battling this terminal illness called cancer. Oh God, as she goes through the valley of the shadow of death, may she fear no evil. May she realize that you are there with her to comfort her, to protect her. And so, Father God, we ask for your blessings and anointing and covering upon her. Let her feel your presence as she 
passes from this life to the next. And God, we pray that the family will see your spirit, your hand upon them. May they feel your presence as you go to comfort those that are left behind. So, Father God, we commit this dear lady into your hands. And, Lord, we pray for peace and comfort in these upcoming days. In your holy name we pray. Amen. I'm going to start a series called Dare to be Different. And in this message of series, or in this series of messages, it really brought to life my own life. Dare to be different. I'm different. I'm not like some pastors. I'm different. I'm we're all different. Each and every one of you have a story, and over the last few weeks, you've heard some of these stories. And daring to be different means that we take a step of faith, and we focus on a different faith. We focus our life to live it differently. And what I love, one of my most favorite passages of Scripture is Romans chapter 12. And I love what Paul has to say, because as he is speaking, he's telling those followers, and he's telling the church to listen closely. We know the world, with all, with all of its twists and turns and the heartache and the hardship that takes place, we know the difficulties that are faced living a life in the world. But I want you to know, church, that it says in Psalms that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. He created you. So let's just rejoice in that. If you have no hair, it's okay. Celebrate. If you're skinny and it's hard to come up even with a two-pack abs, I celebrate. If all of a sudden you say, my hair's flat and I wanted it curling, for some that wanted it curly, want it flat, for some want straight, want that. I mean, come on. Let's just celebrate. Daring to be different means we make up the community that God has put together. You know what I love about this church? We're different. You're different. I'm different. I mean, you know, that's what makes us who we are. Paul says we are the body. We're different. But how is it that God's going to use each and every one of us being different? So it says, let's read it together in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And it says, and so dear brothers and sisters. So he's speaking to you. He's saying, become a living sacrifice to him. He says, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. The kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Then it says in verse 2, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So in the King James Version, it says, We beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. Isn't that a great thought? Come on now. 
My sign's in the office. My wife, go get my sign. I'm going to do something today. And I forgot my sign and I kept it hid this whole time. So I want to say this, that what I love is that we can all say we've lived a life in the world. How many of you have lived in the world? I have. But yet, what I love is sanctification. We get to walk in holiness, live a life living in Him, walking in Him. So it says, don't be conformed to this world, but do that which is pleasing to Christ. So we start off today by saying, wait a minute, the focus was always the gospel. So, Paul, we realize that the gospel, um, y'all can't see this till I'm ready for you to see it. The gospel needs to be preached. And we have failed to do that. We're failing because, see, we want to be like the world. Now, I was on the phone and I was talking to my mom last night. And I was saying some things about um, how churches are today and, and the expectation. I mean, when you walk in the sanctuary, you have to have the right frills and thrills and the lights have to be toned right. The music has to be right. The band has to be doing this. The, the worship leader has to be doing that. The preacher has to look like this. He has to walk like this and talk like this. I said, you know, sometimes before I even get behind the pulpit, I said, I have so much pressure because I think that people have an expectation of what the church is supposed to look like. Well, I'm here to tell you, church, that he said, Paul said, don't be conformed to the world. Be a transformed by the renewing of your mind. Can I get an amen? I just want you to get engaged in the service here today. So I feel that, you know, we have a tendency to fall back to what we're used to, what we're accustomed to. You know, and one of the things about walking in Christ is it's uncomfortable. When we live a life where we walk in Christ, it is uncomfortable. Because I believe that he pushes us and he presses on us to make us more like him, to be fashioned in his image, to take on the fruits of the Spirit, to take on the virtues and the characteristics of his Father. When we go back to the world, anger, malice, self-centeredness, all this stuff starts to take place in our life, we lose our perspective of truly what our responsibility is. And I'm here to say that as a church, one of my main goals and purposes as a pastor is to make sure that, number one, that we present the gospel of Jesus Christ. No matter where we're at, what we're doing, it's all about Jesus and not about us. So at the very end of, of this latter part of verse 2, he's saying, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And I went, oh, no, I just failed. Because I'm the tall, thin guy with two abs. Well, now I don't have any abs. That's why I wear a vest to keep things hid. But I, how am I ever going to achieve perfection? But I love what he said. He didn't say perfect, then pleasing. He said pleasing, then perfect. Won't it be wonderful, church? Just think this through how awesome it's going to be to leave this world and be transferred with a likeness of a perfect body into Jesus Christ's throne room. Won't it be great to think 
that we can leave this world. Run, Unc, you will have hair there. Oh. Hey, that's what heaven's about. It brings perfection. So now I'm going to make this a little bit more personal for some of you that maybe have been struggling even this week. For me, the struggles are real. Life is real. Satan knows exactly how to get me down, how to discourage me and trip me up from having the greater focus on him. And you know what's so interesting? Why does he always do it at these moments when it shouldn't be taking place? I get, I mean, I'm out on my deck. I love preparing my message on our deck. I get everything nice and cozy. I move my pillows over. My family knows. I set the tone for the music, instrumental music playing. Ah! And uh, I feel like I'm in this heavenly place. And all of a sudden I sit down and my phone goes off. So I take a deep breath. And I know I should really take that piece of backslidden, good-for-nothing piece of equipment. <sighs> oh, you guys look at me like you guys have perfect phones through AT&T, Verizon, or Sprint. I know better. That's why they have you trade it in all the time. So then we, you know, I look at it, and I get discouraged. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. I just sat down. I just sat down to open up the Word of God to deliver something that God wants delivered. But Satan goes, oh, no, I'm, I'm going to distract him. I'm going to make it difficult for him. I, I, you know what? This isn't the time. So all of a sudden, I find myself because it's gone. That's what I want to do to it. And, uh, but you see, the reason why I leave my phone there, now there's another little story. Okay, one thing for, for some of you that have never heard me preach, I will let you know, I like to, I, I go on down fox trails. I might get back and I might not, but I'll, I'll let you know. Anyhow. I like it because my wife always texts me such cool, sweet somethings. Hey, babe, how you doing? I like that. Then I get little emojis. How many of you guys have created your own little emoji? Bitmoji. You have to. I mean, it's really cool. I send them to Ryan all the time. Hallelujah! And, uh, but, but it's fun. So anyhow, so then she said, so I always leave it there, and then I'm like, you, you, you guys are going to like this. This is Marriage Coaching 101. I'm going to throw this in as an advertisement. Hey, babe. How you doing up there? She read it like this. Hey, babe, what are you doing up there? I'm sitting. Um, that's not what I said. Hey, babe. How you doing up there? <laughs> Why don't text deliver what we wanted to say? So anyhow, so you get distracted. So there's so many things that the world offers for us that distracts us from becoming pleasing and perfect in his sight. And so, yes, I know that your struggles are real. I know that your struggles that you're going through are different than what I've gone through. But they're all the same because the enemy doesn't like that you're his child. And so I'm here to tell you that today, daring to be different and daring to be different in him and walking by faith is what God expects from us. When you hear the testimonies of people, you heard CJ say two weeks ago, this is my story. This is what I went through. He did that as a way of hope. Today, as all those bikes, that motorcade went in to see two gentlemen, a family that made an impact for recovery. 
AA was celebrating what those men did while they lived on this earth. Oh, but I believe they're perfect today. And you know what? What they did was pleasing in the sight of Christ. And I want to applaud all of you. 92 days. You got it, brother. Amen. So 92 days. I don't care if it's been seven days. Woo! It's awesome. If the Lord is helping you and you're making it through, you're pleasing in his sight. See, this isn't our body. We're just a temple. He's using us right now for whose glory? For his glory. So when I look at Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, I think, man, are we presenting our bodies? Boy, we sure know how to trip up our body, don't we? We sure know how to screw things up. But, oh, how awesome it is to think that we can rest in our Savior. Number one, faithfulness. Are you faithful to presenting the gospel? Are you faithful to presenting the gospel? And, you know, in the scriptures where it says we need to be faithful to presenting the gospel. I like what uh, C.H. Spurgeon said. The faith which saves is not one single act done and ended on a certain day. It is an act continued and persevered in throughout the entire life of man. You didn't get it the first time. I want to read it to you again because I love what Charles Spurgeon had to say. The faith which saves is not one single act done and ended on a certain day. It is an act continued and persevered in throughout the entire life of man. As we learn more about God, we grow spiritually. As we serve God, we grow spiritually. As disciples of Christ, there should be tangible proof in our lives that we are followers of Jesus Christ. So as we continue to live out our life of faith, and as we walk in faith, there are two questions that we need to ask ourselves. One, is your faith making a difference in you? Is your faith making a difference in you? And then is your faith making a difference in the lives of others? Is your faith making a difference in the lives of others? The truth is, having faith and following Jesus should be making a real difference in your life. And by God's grace and empowering of the Holy Spirit, you should be making a difference in the lives of others. In fact, I would go as far as to say that being in a real living relationship with Jesus should be making a radical difference in both your life and the lives of those around you. Can I get an amen? Amen. That's just this week. That thing's a distraction. I want you to take, if you would, I'm going to go through these three texts in Matthew chapter 20. Turn with me in your Bible. I want to... I want to highlight this today. I, I was going to kind of read some, just kind of paraphrase for you, but I want to read these stories because I think it's very, very important as Christians to understand that we have expectations, but our expectations are different than what the Father has for us. Matthew chapter 20, verses 20 through 28. 
Now, how many, is there anybody in here that's a teacher? Anybody that's a teacher in here today? I don't. All right. Ready? You're going to love this, Jesse. <clears throat> My baby girl, she'd never do that. My son, he's the most upstanding, wonderful young man. He would have never taken that little girl and drug around that playground by the head of her hair. That's not my baby boy. He's perfect. You don't go through that, do you? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's always hard to be a teacher because everybody thinks that their kids are perfect. When in reality, we, we know better. We know how junior is. We know how ornery he can be. And, uh, but I love this text. Here's a mother that's going to Jesus, and here's what she's saying. She's saying, I want favor because that's my boy. Listen closely. Matthew chapter 20, verses 20. Let me find it here. There it is. Then the mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus with her sons. She knelt respectively to ask a favor. What is your request, he asked. She replied, in your kingdom, please let my two sons sit in the places of honor next to you, one on your right and the other on your left. But Jesus answered by saying to them, you don't know what you are asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I'm about to drink? Oh, yes, they replied. We are able. Jesus told them, you will indeed drink from my bitter cup, but I have no right to say who will sit on my right or my left. My father has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. When the ten other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. But Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers in this world lorded over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be the first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Turn over to Mark. So we just read Matthew. Now we're going to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. Verses 35 through 45. You all love the Gospels. I do. I love the Gospels. So Jesus is teaching here about serving others. Watch this story. You might have heard it before, but maybe you haven't. Verse 35. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came over and spoke to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do us a favor. Have you heard this story before? Just checking. What is your request, he asked. They replied, when you sit on your glorious throne, we want to sit in the places of honor next to you, one on your right and the other on your left. But Jesus said to them, you don't know what you are asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I am about to drink? Are you able to be baptized with the baptism of suffering I must be baptized with? Oh, yes, they replied, we are able. Then Jesus told them, you will indeed drink from my bitter cup and be baptized with my baptism of suffering. But I have no right to say who will sit on my right or my left. God is prepared for those places for those ones he has chosen. When the ten other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers in this world lorded over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you it will be different. 
Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life a ransom for many. Let's, take, let's go over to John chapter 13. And I'll put this together. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John chapter 13 verses 1 through 7. Chapter 13, verses 1 through 7. It says here, Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that this hour had come to leave this world and return to his Father. He had loved his disciples during this ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I am doing. But someday you will. Let's just continue to read. So in verse 8, no, Peter protested, you will never, ever wash my feet. Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Surely the hour has come. Take me home. I know you're learning how to use that phone. It's all right. Simon Peter explained, there's that phone again. See what I mean? Then wash my hands and head as well. Lord, not just my feet. Jesus replied, a person who has bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. For Jesus knew who would betray him. That is what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. Where are you going with this, Pastor? Here's what I feel. And that was the new living. And I liked how he broke it down. Because here's what the text said in all three. There was a comparison. Oh, all that I've done for you, I deserve to sit to your left or to your right. Oh, all that I've done for you, I have favor with you, Lord. Don't you see? I'm a big wheel and I'm a big deal. And then we finished the text off in John, and here's what he said. One, it's not my responsibility. Only my Father in heaven knows your heart. And so here's what he then continues in the Gospel of John. He says, hey, John, if you think you've arrived, you haven't. For you see, you're so proud that you won't let me serve you. But I'm here to tell you, it doesn't matter. See, because the least of these I will esteem. Church, we need to dare to be different. Can you imagine what it must have been like for Jesus? Take off your robe, wrap a towel around you, in all humility, bow your knee. Wait a minute, stop. Oh, time out. He is the Son of God. He came from Mary. It was a virgin birth. He is known as teacher, yet he is the Messiah. 
and something I didn't show you, but in all three of those texts, Jesus just told them, here's what's going to happen to me. I'm going to be a ransom for your sins. I'm going to go to Calvary. I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to be beat. I'm going to be scourged. And yet Peter says, he ain't touching my feet. But he said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. So we can continue to go, and I'll I'll finish it next week. But, you know, as as I was looking at at, at this text and bringing it all together, and and the Lord actually brought this to mind today, I thought daring to be different means what? Daring to be different means to, to live a life of humility, Church, you haven't arrived. Oh, but you have. Wait a minute. That sounds like an oxymoron. No, God wants to take you to a place of perfection once you start to please him. But when we walk in the spirit of Peter, we start to lose our sense of who we are. How many of you remember that great day when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Oh, what a great feeling. Oh, he says in his word, verily, verily, I say to thee, except a man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. Wait a minute. Oh, so being born again means living a life in Christ. Following the patterns of Christ. That's being born again. So I tell people, I said, you know, and, and it goes right to this text. People say, do you really think that man's saved? That's not up to me to judge that individual. That's up to the Lord to judge that individual. However, the Bible does say you shall know them by the fruits they bear. You'll know them by the way they demonstrate their life. So we're going to stop right now, and I'm going to ask you a question. When God looks at your life of faith, and what you've gone through the past week, the past month, have you been living a life of faith? Have you been walking in Christ? Have you been talking in Christ? Have you been praying? Have you been reading your Bible? So when people say to me, but how do you know that person's saved? I said, well, I really believe that the scripture says this. I believe we have head knowledge and we have heart knowledge. What are you trying to say? I said, well, I believe that people have an understanding of what the word has to say. But being born again means walking in it, talking in it, speaking it, living it. I mean, just hungering and thirsting after the word of God. That is what being born again is about. So watch what text I started off with that I'll finish with as we close. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye what? Transformed by the what? There it is. So church, come back next week and I'll give you the other points to where I'm going with this daring to be different. Living by faith, walking in him, having a changed mind. Oh God, help me to not have a mind that is set on this world. Because this world will get me in trouble. The lusts of the flesh and the pride of life 
will not help me to walk in holiness. And so, church, I encourage you today, will you walk in holiness? Will you walk by faith? Will you desire that deeper relationship with Jesus Christ? And if you have been struggling in your walk, then can I encourage you to come before the Lord, lay it out, surrender your life. Say, Lord, today I want to not just be saved, I want to be born again. Oh, preacher, what are you talking about? I just said what I said. I don't want to just say I'm saved. I want to be born again. I want to exhibit the love of Christ. I want people to see Jesus in me, through me, pouring all over me. And when I walk in the room, they're going to go, whoa, they got Jesus on them. It says, let your light so shine before men that they what? may see your good works and to glorify your Father which is in heaven. I'm so encouraged that all of us get to come together. Isn't it fun just to rally around the Lord's Word? And just to be able to understand what we have here. And I want to I want to read this, this text to you. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12 through 14 says this. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's Word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the differences between right and wrong. An indication of our faith is growth and spiritual maturity. We are meant to grow. We are meant to progress from hesitant baby steps to confidently running the race, being faithful followers and making disciples. So church, here we are. Running the race, making faithful and awesome disciples. So we're heading down to Hilton, and I'll leave you with this story. And we're like, okay, let's stay at this hotel. We just drive until you're tired. I don't know if you guys do that, but we do. And um, if you've never stayed at True, I'm putting a plug in for them. They gave us a free night stay if I would say this. No, they didn't. Just kidding. Um, can I get an amen? Oh, just kidding. Uh, but, but with True, that's by Hilton, it's really cool. And so as I walked, before I even walked into the place, I was like overtaken by the color. I was overtaken by the cool building. I thought, man, this place is really happening. And, you know, so we went in. And when, before I even got in, there's, I'll paint a picture for you. And I meant to send them to, to Pastor Luke to put on the screen. But there's these doors, glass doors. And I was so inspired by the Chick-fil-A motivation that I felt when I went in there. And, uh. But it said on these doors, words, just tons of words. You're awesome. Smile. You're great. We love having you here. Hang out with us. Smile. You're awesome. Joy. All this stuff. So I stood there, and as I was looking, before I even walked in the building, I thought, wow, look what they're doing. They're demonstrating what they want people to feel when they walk in this hotel so then when i walk in um you know they've got all these colors so i've decided that we're going to be doing some cool colors in here we're going to go to like yellow green blue and purple seats and just i'm just kidding um but what i thought was cool is when we walked in there's a lady that's behind the counter i love this hi welcome to true what can we do for you and i was like wow this is crazy this is kind of a, a cool little 
thing. So I looked at her and said, we want a room with a king bed. She just looked at me. I was just kind of playing out the role what was going on. And I actually said to her, I go, no, this place is really cool and I love, your, I love the feel that you have. And on the back of her shirt, when she turned around to get the paperwork, it says, make someone smile. And I stood there for a minute and I thought to myself, wow. This is amazing. Because in our life, when we walk with Christ and we talk with Christ and we live our life out, am I making people smile? Am I saying, man, I want what that guy has? Man, he has Jesus all over him. He's a man who lives by faith. He exhibits faith. Man, he is a faith brother. I need to be like that because he is like him. You know, that's the feeling we we should give to people. So I have a sign-up sheet outside that if you want to be part of the smiling team, you can work outside the doors. If you want to be inside, I'm just kidding. But here's my... Okay, I'll let you do it if that's really what you want. But here's reality. Did you come in here today just discouraged and mad and say, why am I even in church? Man, I have to get up. I get up every day at 6 o'clock, and I got to get up at 8.30 and be there by 10.30. This is rough. Did Did you wake up today saying, I'm just tired. I just don't want to do it. Well, church... You are highly favored. You are a child of the Most High God. You are anointed. You are His children. And He loves you. And He's glad you made it here today. And I hope that when you leave this place, that someone smiled at you when you felt like you couldn't smile. And so that this week, you can dive into the Word of God, and the Word of God can become who you are. Not just an object But that becomes who you are because you hide his words in your heart. Will you live by faith? Will you walk by faith so you can make number 93, 94, 95, 96, 6 months, 7 months, 8 months, 7 years, 10 years. No matter what hurt, habit, or hang up, listen, you are special to God. He loves you. So when we leave here today, take this with you. But God, you said in your word to me to not look like the world, to act like the world, but help me to be renewed, to be transformed by your mind. And today, God, I'm going to do everything I can to please you. Oh, God, help me as your pastor to please him. So in return, I please you. Thank you, church, for what you do for him. Let's all stand as we go into our altar call and as the praise team comes. Are you living a life of faith? Are you willing to be different? Will you move forward and allow God to make you and form you and change you into the person he has called you to be so that you can become more like Christ? Mm. 
New Hope Christian Fellowship, which will be coming New Hope Community Church of Talmadge, Ohio. You were birthed in Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio. You have traveled to North Hill, Ohio. And now you are here in Talmadge, Ohio. Where we're going next, I don't have a clue. But I do know this. We are here at this appointed time, at this appointed place. And if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, today is your salvation. Today is the day that you become born again. Will you come to him? Jesus died. He says, as man confesses with his mouth and he believes in his heart, Romans chapter 10, thou shalt be saved. With the heart, man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. I don't ever want to close my message without saying a prayer that gives you the opportunity to know who Jesus is. So let's bow our head. Father God, we come before you. Lord, we thank you that you've taken us on this journey. Help us to live a life of faith. Help us dare to be different, to be a faithful steward, to trust in you, to let go of who we think we should be, ought to be, and and start to walk and act and talk like you want us to be. So, Lord, we bask in your glory. We bask in your presence. We thank you, Father God, for your son, Jesus Christ, who came and who died, who rose the third day who died for us to give us life. And God, I pray that today, that as we all walk away from here, we will feel a sense of renewal and be refreshed and revived because you are here with us. God, thank you for your word today. And Lord, if there's someone here today that does not know you, may they say this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know I've wronged you. I know I've not walked in you. But Lord, we ask that you'll come into my heart and into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Help me to walk in your spirit. And Lord, you'll get all the glory and the credit for all that is said and done. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.